0: Good afternoon all, Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start as usual. We've got my good friend, long-term agent here at the company, Phil Viachork. Get your last name right there. You did, what's up Mr. Parisi, how are you (laughs) there? Thumbs up my friend, going a mile a minute as usual. How about on your end?
1: Same, very busy, very busy but always a good thing rather be very busy than the opposite right? I, I'm with you. Yeah I could rewind the clock and show
0: you days where I did ha- had almost nothing to do um, and it wasn't good I wouldn't last very long in the business if I, <laughs> that was still going on. Yeah. Yeah well thanks for your time today. Uh, what, what I want to talk about with you today is a topic that everyone we speak with I think every single day is interested in which is the topic of policy design. Different splits, different companies actual numbers um, I, I'll often share several stories But I know you've got some as well that uh, are a bit, a bit different because everyone has a unique situation um, A little bit before we started you talked a little bit about uh, a 1090 split and you come across individuals that sometimes Have purchased a policy with a different type of design Maybe it's a higher base premium and they come to you just uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, starting out with questions like, hey, what are the pros and cons with what I have compared to what you're showing me, Phil? Is that kind of it?
1: Correct. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times we'll have people come to us and say, either I'm working with another agent, this is what they've shown me. Uh, maybe it's a little higher rather than a 1090, maybe a 40, 60, 60, 40 split. And they like mentioned, you want they want to know. Why did they design it the way that they did? What are the pros and cons? Um, is there more death benefit involved with more base premium? Am I going to be hurt long-term by performance-wise if I do a 1090 90 split? Um, so it's there's a lot of different factors that, that go into play when talking about policy design. And of course, there are so many agents out there that have their own idea as to how a policy should be designed. So it's making sure that we are explaining, of course, why we do Things the way we do and making sure we we have the split proper for each individual. Gotcha, gotcha. Thanks for that. So when you come
0: up against that situation where someone says hey I've got a policy that's designed with you know whatever type of design or maybe they don't know they send it to you and you identify it pretty quickly to say okay you've got a you know 50-50, 60-40 whatever it might be and then they're seeing your numbers and saying okay like you've got significantly more cash value up front And potentially in most cases more long-term when it's the same company and same product Like how or or what's going on here? Like how do you address that situation? Because that can be a sensitive situation just being in the industry for a long time The normal reaction from just a call it a financial services professional or insurance agent's mindset is to take offense and kind of go to war with the other agent, but we don't want to drag the consumer into that. Just remember that they're interested in cash value. So uh, how do you how do you tactfully and properly address that with, without slinging mud to anyone else? Sure, sure. Okay. So
1: um, first thing is we let the numbers speak for themselves. We don't want to um, just say that the 1090 is better or a lower split is better than whatever someone else is offering. We like to show the numbers, let the numbers show how it looks short term, long term. Uh, also when it comes to other agents overall it really comes down to a couple of different factors one is knowledge of how to actually design the policies working the software to be able to minimize that base premium as well as sometimes it's the uh, company itself that they work for they might have limitations as to how low they can actually go so it's not necessarily the agent themselves that are trying to push a higher split again it might be the company overall Um, But when it really comes down to what's best for the client, we're always looking for what's best cash value-wise. There are some people that care about the death benefit, but typically 90% of the people we work with, they say, forget the death benefit. Let's put that secondary. Let's focus 100% on the cash value. And that's where that ten ninety split is going to come out on top short-term and and long-term as well. Um, Some agents believe that long-term, and sometimes it is a case where the higher base does catch up, but the reality is the actual returns when we looked at case studies, um, the actual returns and the cash values, even what was illustrated versus the reality, the 1090 split comes out on top. So it's just explaining all that information. Again, it's not trying to go against any other agent overall. Every agent has their, their idea as to what they think is best for the client. Doesn't mean they have bad intentions, anything along those lines. We just strongly believe in the 1090 split and providing what we believe is best for the client overall.
0: Yeah, no and that's a perfect explanation. I mean 1090 or minimum premium policy because as you said all companies have different limits depending on what the client wants and just to kind of add some some uh, not clarification but additional info there is what we've found to be just so consistent is if I'm paying any amount of money into a policy if that base premium is minimized typically we see the greatest 100% of the time short-term cash value greatest guaranteed cash value and 99 out of 100 cases greatest long-term cash value but really on that third point what I want to emphasize kind of the unseen factor is when you take illustrations out projections out of the equation actual results those case studies you mentioned real performance not projections That's where we've seen greater long-term performance with minimum premium policies just because how insurance companies apply dividends on both base premium PUA dollars they can mess around with the base premium how they credit dividends there and they often do. (laughs) I always see it adjusted and I know that can be technical but sum it up to maximize that cash value that minimum premium typically does it. Any thoughts
1: comments or, or rebuttals? yeah that that could be a challenge explaining to clients as well because someone will see the illustrative values with one company see how great they are uh, and think okay why would i go with your company when clearly cash values are way better maybe the split's a little higher but overall long-term short-term things are looking better but when we look at actual results actual case studies of past performance the four major mutuals come out on top and again like you mentioned, when we're minimizing that base premium, that insurance expense, it's coming out on top 99 out of a hundred. Yeah. So again, it's, it's not just saying these things, but showing the numbers. And then you, you've done a great, great job with a lot of videos of doing case studies, seeing actual old policies and seeing the results overall that help with with everything and explaining it. Got it. Got it. So let me ask a, a question
0: for the people that you work with where You've got the whole long-term performance argument and actual results and you get technical, but the more people you work with have more of a focus on the upfront cash value or the long-term values, just from your
1: experience. It's, it's a mix of both. Um, I would say people will look at short-term of course, what is my break-even point? Um, usually people are taking up policies because they want that cash accessible. Of course, we do have some people that use it as a high yielding savings asset thinking very long-term, but overall, um, I would say when I really think about it, most people are thinking short-term, I want more cash value. And if things would catch up maybe 30, 40 40 years down the line, um, at least projected on the illustrations, it's not anywhere near as important overall.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that, especially with real estate investors and business owners. I mean, I look at it myself, like if I take 30% less upfront, for the potential of half a percent more 50 years down the road. It's like as a business owner, that's a huge opportunity cost up front. Like and I know some of the people that you've worked with with a high early cash value product sometimes look at it and say, you know what? I'm okay with giving up a little bit long-term because it's what I can do with the money today (laughs) in the first 5 to 10 years. That's where I'm really going to continue to grow my wealth. Like a a high cash value life insurance policy a lot of people will view it As that alternative to a savings account right a high yield Savings asset safe liquid tax-free all the core benefits But that's not where i'm going to build wealth or make my money Like it it'll produce just setting expectations properly somewhere between that three to five percent range On cash value you have a nice death benefit, but the cash value will produce what it's going to produce And then really like if you're an investor if you own a business Where you make your money is with your real estate deals or with your your business. So having access to this policy That's producing at a greater rate than a bank account, which does nothing That's where the appeal is and from a lot of business owners that you and I work with That's like the point of attraction. So it's really just asking questions finding out what they're after and saying, okay, if this is what you're after, here's the different options, but this guy will
1: suit you very well. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. That's what cash value life insurance overall, one of the main advantages is, of course, like I mentioned, it's growing on an annual basis, you, you are getting a return, it's growing tax-free, which is great, but the accessibility of the funds itself, the lack of lost opportunity costs compared to other investments, that's where the, a lot of value comes in where people's eyes light up and say, okay, this is where I can use my money, not have to wait 10, 20, 30 years, take a penalty overall when using those funds. Um, So a lot of benefits overall, when you really look at it, big picture. Um, And I'm with you hundred percent where most people are going to look at the short-term value, short-term cash value and say, okay, I can work with that cash value now, rather than waiting 20, 30 years down the line to potentially have something maybe even or a little more overall.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely with you. So what do you do when you run into a situation um, you mentioned it earlier where you've got a product shown with a a minimum premium which does mean it's minimum compensation to you and you're up against a competitor that is selling a higher base premium with a smaller carrier that pays a, a very high commission. So they've got a higher premium, higher compensation and they're saying, hey, this is in your best interest Mr. Client and Phil's trying to rip you off. Like when you hear that, how do you respond to that? Because you're good at this and how you respond in those particular situations is very, very important. Before I say say anything else, like how do you respond to that particularly? Pretend if I'm saying, hey, my agent said that, you know, you're you're no good Phil. He used some other words. (laughs) But he said I should go with this design because it's the way to do it. And I'm going to have greater long-term performance with a 60% or 40% base premium compared to what you showed me.
1: Sure. It's easy to just have a uh, reaction and just say, no, that agent's wrong and uh, to put the other agent down. But again, it really just comes down to, I would say, stating facts and showing the numbers. I, I try to just focus on that rather than any kind of uh, emotional reaction. And even for, for clients who have been working with another agent, maybe they're far along the process, or even they open the policy with that agent, they have a great relationship with them. And for them, it can be hard to come to the reality that, you know what, maybe they don't have my best interests in mind, or just overall, they don't know how to design things what's best for myself. So we're always trying to have the mindset of, okay, what is the best, what can we do best for the client overall? Uh, and sometimes sometimes, Taking a policy isn't the way, yeah. the direction to go, and it's just getting all the information in their hands for them to make that decision, rather than putting any pressure on them, or, again, putting down any other agent, and bringing emotion in. Where yeah. again, we try to state facts and and not to get, uh, yeah, too emotional overall. Good,
0: good move, yeah. So not not taking the bait call it where you get into that war because you are good at that and you did a good job there not even by like, by not even addressing it, <laughs> which, which is good. Um, but no, that's important because in this business that happens a lot where when a policy is being sold, like if I'm a consumer, like if I'm interested in a policy and I state my goal is maximum cash value, like that is what I want. And I'm looking at it and something's off. I don't want to hear that. Oh, well, this other agents trying to rip you off. Like what do you need to tell me that for? And you don't do that. And we try and make it a point that our company doesn't do that toward anyone like that. I don't like that kind of stuff. Instead, like if I'm that consumer, I just want to know, Hey, is this set up properly? Or can it be better? Should I look at different options? If I'm looking at it on Amazon right? if it was available that way, could I see it all there? And then like you said, Okay, here's numbers. Here's different companies. Here's some data to be aware of. And that way you can can make
1: a decision. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I think that's how I'm usually sold when it comes to other products and um, other salespeople. I don't like when people pre- put pressure on me and say, okay, let's move forward on this without looking at all the data, looking at the numbers overall. And if any of when any salesperson is um, maybe trashing another person, um, putting them down, that automatically puts me off. So I, I just think, okay, how would I like to be sold and try to convey that to other people. And I think that's what I've appreciated here at IBC Global and and working with you. There is no pressure to make other people buy a policy. It it really is, okay, what is best for them and their interests? And if it doesn't work out, so be it. We gave them the information. We did the best we can, but we want to make sure that someone is 100% comfortable opening a policy. And I think we talk about this all the time. We don't want them coming back to us years down the line and saying, this is not what you sold me. This is not what you told me. Uh, so we want to make sure they they have all the information they truly need to make the right decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thanks for mentioning that. And that's always been, call it in the back, in the front of my mind from day one, just with working with people remotely, because that's what it's been since I kind of branched off on my own, all go-to meetings, Zoom calls like this. In the early years, when I was still learning a lot of the stuff, I didn't want to put someone in a policy knowing that they could go meet with their local agent And a lot of times they say Hey, can you take a look at this? This kid I met with online showed me this option. (laughs) Like when you really think about it that I was the kid showing you the options and then when it's presented to someone else if it's not maxed out like it's going to make it very easy easy for another professional to say, Oh, I can beat that. No problem. Try and come in with better numbers or something like that. Um, and that's, you know, going way back to the the early days, what always went through my head, but that stuff happens. So to your point, you don't want someone coming back later. If you set it up properly from the get-go and copy what corporations and the big players do, then you're good. You just treat everyone like the, the big players. That's all.
1: Exactly. And it, it can be tough because whenever someone does come to an agent, it's building a relationship, it's gaining trust overall. So if I come or if they come to me and I show them something better, you know, their trust can be hurt overall. And that is why I feel like the insurance business, especially life insurance overall, uh, there are a lot of people that don't like the business, don't like life insurance because of maybe being burned in the past. So sometimes it is tough to gain their trust again, or just gain their trust overall because of the nature of the business overall. Um, but like you mentioned, as long as you have the right intentions, you're just doing what's best for the client overall, everything will work out in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we can close with a point you mentioned too, as far as how you don't like to be sold or put under pressure. I, I don't either. And I typically say, all right, I'm not working with this person anymore if they try and do that kind of stuff. Um, but just the call it the informational sale or informational business. Like Amazon is so good because they make life so they make everything so convenient for their customers you can get all the information up front right that that's what they're good at so have you ever gone on Amazon and felt pressured to buy a product right now otherwise it's going to go away
1: no not really they they might pop up some coupons or something and say (laughs) you buy now you know but nothing nothing crazy no,
0: nothing like that. So the, and my point with Amazon is everyone's used to working with Amazon. Who doesn't buy from Amazon? A couple of people might not but the majority of people do. It's a very easy process. You can click one button, you buy the product and that's it. So when you can emulate that with any type of business and the, the main thing when I say emulate make life easy for the consumer because you can't show cash value life insurance In the same way you can buy products on Amazon. Like you can't do that, not yet at least. Um, But if you can make life easy for the consumer by providing information, being a resource, and when they're ready, they can click that button and start start the policy. That's in my mind is the key and that's where I see the business going more and more because people don't want to have to deal with the stuff of being pressured to purchase a policy and such. Um, You know, not everyone likes that. Um, so why are you going to try and do something to someone that they don't like? And they're just going to say, all right, get lost. I'm going to go work with someone else. Exactly. And
1: that, that's what's nice here is we do have that process overall with sales agents where we are following up with people. But again, it's more information based, making sure it makes sense in their minds. It makes sense overall, even in our minds. Some some people will be very excited, come to us and want to open a big policy. And we have to take a step back, make them see the big picture and realize maybe it can't work for you, but funding a lot less or maybe waiting until you are done with uh, certain debts. Everyone's situation is different. So making sure again, we're getting information in our hands and being realistic as to what the product is instead of uh, maybe putting on pressure like other agents or even some videos and information out there where it can be gimmicky and they make it seem better than it really is. So making sure people's expectations are right, making sure it makes sense in their situation, their family situation. And again, it, it really just comes back to what's going to happen five, 10 years down the line. Is it going to work for them? Are they going to come back and feel like we pressure them? That's what I always think about is yeah. for myself, if I make a big purchase, I don't want to go back to that person and say, why didn't you tell me this it really is on myself as well to just make sure it makes a hundred percent at the end of the day Yeah, yeah, definitely and on that
0: point a gimmicky or not being completely transparent um, And I'm not saying this as a shot toward anyone But someone that that you and I both worked with that pays in seven figures per year into a policy That that's a, a large policy that he has. Yeah Um, You know, I spoke with him recently and a point of frustration he had every time he would do research on cash value life insurance he'd see, hey, you you have a dividend interest rate of 6% and you can borrow from the policy at 5%. And here's a very sophisticated individual, business background, has invested in finance, he's got a lot of experience there that he sees that and hears that and automatically thinks, okay, I can earn 6% in a policy and borrow at 5%. Which if you try and do that to anyone especially someone putting in
1: 7 figures per year what's going to happen? Yeah once they find out the reality of the situation they're they're going to be gone because gonna, they yeah. thought it was one thing and it, it wasn't it's like the rug was pulled from underneath them.
0: Yeah and if they already started the policy now they're going to be kicked off at you and you're, yeah. Yeah, you don't want anyone kicked off at you but especially <laughs> No, thanks not, not someone like that um, and he's a great guy I mean he, he'd always approach things properly But with a large amount of money if you give misinformation or things that are just, you know Accidentally misleading like you do have to to be cautious of that. So the transparency as far as saying hey Yes, you have a dividend rate of 6% you can borrow at five but That dividend of 6% means you may actually net out four to four and a half percent Right. So you have a negative spread oh, then why should I do it? Well, here's some alternatives with a collateral loan. We can show you how to max it, max it out, how other people do it and all that good stuff. But it's important just to be transparent with that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Like you said, transparency is very important. And sure, there are there's so much information out there that will be misleading. So again, it's tempering expectations. And of course, your videos are great at going to detail on the reality of what whole life insurance, high cash value, whole life insurance is and making sure again it makes sense for them rather than Getting stuck with something and then regretting it down the line. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well,
0: Captain Phil I appreciate your time as always my good friend. It's good to see you. Can't wait to to see you in person again on a regular basis But it'll, it'll be here soon enough If anyone's interested in contacting Phil, we've got his contact info below. Feel free to reach out anytime. If you call into our office, he might just pick up the phone as well. (laughs) Depends how busy he is and if someone else beats him to it. Um, But Phil, really appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Steve. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Enjoy.